This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm getting into the end of an era of like 17 and 18 hour days because my children are now seven and four and there's just more stuff that comes along with that and so I think that's fine and that's great, you know. Um, but it comes down to communication. You know, I think people talk about work-life balance a lot. Of, ever since I started doing Daily V, which is my video vlog, daily kind of vlog thing, and, and Snapchat, I think a lot of you that have followed me for several years have started really realizing I wasn't joking that I was working this much. I think prior, when I would talk about hustle, I think people were like, yeah, he works hard, but like, when you get to see that it's fully documented and there's no, no cheating, and I'm working 7 a.m. to midnight every single day, every single day, every single minute, um, it becomes intimidating. It's my natural, you know, just so like some of you are very smart and some of you are very pretty and some of you are very funny. Like it's my natural state to hustle that hard. Not being born in this country, coming up with nothing, you know, feeling guilty that you have certain talents. There's a million reasons that it drives me. Um, but the, what I love about this question is it's not how do I do it, it's how do I keep the people around me in a healthy place. Um, it's a super intense thing, man. I think I never judge anybody's work-life balance. You know, as a matter of fact, here's a good opportunity for me. I always want to clear this up. I don't think you should work 15 hours a day. I think if you're complete, here's my punchline. If you're complaining about your life, you need to look at what you're doing. So, for example, I have friends that are making hundreds of millions of dollars in their careers, tens of millions of dollars a year, and they're complaining that they're not spending time with their family? Then spend time with your family, dick. And then, I have, and then I have people emailing me every day complaining that their business is not taking off and I go do one quick Twitter search and their 6 p.m. tweet is hitting the links with my buddies. Like, you know, you're not gonna win and build a big business if you're watching Game of Thrones and playing Pokemon Go all day. Like it's just, a, nobody's won on just talent. Hard work is part of the equation. So I don't judge anybody. I think I get judged because I put myself out there and then I deserve to be judged. And when people hit me up and say, you're gonna regret this, you're gonna regret this, and I get that. I get those emails. I reply all the time, I'm like, you don't know me. Like, I respect why you're saying that because I don't, you know, one thing that some of you that really follow me know is my wife and I have decided not to share our family life on social. So unlike a lot of my tech friends who use the cute pictures of their kids to get more likes on their social media, I'm not interested in doing that with my children. I'm gonna let them decide. Misha's already, I think she's gonna have a YouTube show in a week, so it seems like she wants to do that, great. Um, but I don't want to do that, and so it feels even more extreme, right? You know, and I always ask people that really call me out on it, I'm like, if you're paying attention to me so much, why haven't you noticed that I put out zero Snapchat content over the weekends, right? Like, like why don't you really pay attention? What do you think I'm doing between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. when you see nothing? Like, like I'm documenting every moment I'm in it, so, you know, I'm spending, a, I'm spending far less family time than most, but there's a whole other aspect of family time. I have a lot of friends from high school that like to critique me because it's the yin and yang of like, yeah, you're making money, but I'm, I'm a family man and, and I say to them, I'm like, cool, but I know you and you come home at six o'clock at night and you go to your man cave and drink six Budweiser's and go to sleep, so fuck you. <laughs> so, so, 
you know, just because you're in the same house as your children doesn't mean you're parenting. Amen. Yeah. So if you started, I know for a while you, you were talking about hustling until 6 p.m., going home for three hours, then getting back after it. Have you enacted that? Yeah, so this September, and honestly, it doesn't feel good to me right now. I don't feel like I'm ready for it, but I'm really trying to sell myself, which is why I'm saying it publicly, to come home during the weekday. I'm, I'm such a momentum guy. You know, like, I'm so momentum oriented, so the thought of coming home at six in the middle of my day, and that's my middle day, and spend an hour with the kids, and then kind of re, like, switch the brain to be in kids mode, what did you school, you know, what's going on in the world, and then reset back to being back and trying to like, stab people in the face and win, is hard, um, but I'm gonna have to pull it off. I'm very, uh, it's important to me you know, I'm getting a lot of time with my kids on the weekends and we're taking a lot of vacation time now. I'm really in a much better place than I was several years ago, but I'm feeling uncomfortable with the idea of how consistently I can go four or five days in a row. Being in New York, seeing them zero, it just doesn't feel as right as it did 18 months ago, 12 months ago, so I'm just, you know, I'm a smoke than fire guy, right? Like I'm just, what I'm doing right now is I'm selling myself more than telling you a story of like, this is something I wanna do, and so I'm just beating on my own brain to get there. It goes back to what you said too, you know, switching your, switching your mind from business mode to family mode, a lot of times, if you're at the house from six to nine but you're not present, you know, you're still in This is happening all day. Like, 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 you know, I think what you're sensing, and I'm sure a lot of you don't deeply know me, like, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable with my politically correct shortcomings because it's my life and my kid's life and my wife's life. Like I know what's happening inside our four walls. So I just wish more people would feel comfortable. I think if you're happy, so much more happens. So I know a lot of people, this one, this one woman's a CEO of a company I invest in, she's amazing. She feels the need to check the box to the world, to her mother, to her friends, that she comes home and spends more time with her family. But Every minute she's in that house, I'm getting emails from her on questions about the business. She's not there. And I told her, I was like, you need to, and she's not perfectly happy because of it. Because she doesn't want to be home. She wants to be running her business. She loves her family. She's just on fire and she wants it. And so like, I just don't think people understand how long-term life is. You know, like, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Everybody has their own way. You're looking at a kid, not anymore, but you're looking at a guy whose dad I didn't see from the ages of seven until 14 ever. And we were, they, my parents were together. It's just that he left before I woke up and he came home after I went to sleep. And I love my dad more than breathing. And me and my dad have it awesome. I think we've gotten into a very hardcore politically correct zone where for some reason between social media and just the topics of the day, everybody wants to impose their point of view of the world on other people and I think that's stupid. So, so on the work-life balance thing, I've got my thing. It's what feels right. I, I think everybody in here has to keep themselves happy first. Then you can make other people happy. And, and it evolves and it changes. I mean, I'm not convinced that I might not just one year wake up and just check out for a year, just cause. I might, just, I don't know. It's, it's funny to me that it runs through my head sometimes. Maybe in between businesses if something happens, I don't know, I don't know. But right now I can tell you like, hustling, producing for my family, producing for myself, producing for my employees and my team, and producing content for you guys, it, I'm as happy as it gets.
boy, am I driven by saying I told you so. Um, and it's, you know, it's just the truth. I'm not proud, I'm really truly not proud of it. I actually don't think it's a very attractive characteristic, but I get off on it, I do. I love, I love being underestimated. I loved, I hated Tiger Woods. Then America hated him, then I loved him, right? Like, I love underdogs. I, I'm an underdog, I love underdogs. I like, I loved when I got into VaynerMedia and Adweek wrote, Twitter boy is coming to the agency world. Let's see how that works out. I'll tell you Adweek how it worked out. I fucking destroyed everybody, you know? And so, and so, you know, a very funny thing happened in the liquor business when I got involved in my dad's business, a bunch of sons had come into the businesses of a lot of other liquor store owners about five years earlier than me and they, they didn't win. They weren't good. And so when I came, there was a lot of people like, oh, here's another one, right? My dad was part of a group of like 10 or 11 guys or gals that had good stores in New Jersey and like I loved being underestimated. I loved when all those people told me to open a second liquor store instead of this fad internet thing that I'm doing. Right? I love that. I live for that. As a matter of fact, the reason it's happening, why do you think I opened Vayner Sports? I don't think CAA and Rock Nation are worried about me right now. But they will be. That's what I was about to ask you. I mean, is that you think about like Drew Rosenhouse sitting there? I'm gonna kill I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Drew. Now, now, you have to understand something. If Drew's good enough, this is how I think about life. I wanna build the biggest building in town. Got it? I wanna build the biggest building in town. So when I say I'm gonna kill Drew, I don't mean I want to kill him. I mean I wanna win. I wanna build the biggest building in town. However, the reason I think that I'm likable in business circles of people that really know me is here's my thesis on building the biggest building in town. By going out and building the biggest building in town. If you look very careful at a lot of other business people, their theory on building the biggest building in town is by tearing down all the other buildings around them. If you understand that little story, you'll understand me completely and you'll understand my belief of what a purebred entrepreneur is. I want everybody, I want Drew's business to get 10 times bigger. I want all of you to build bigger businesses than me. But I want to build a bigger business than you. And what I love about America is for all our shortcomings, this is still the best playing field to let meritocracy rule and I love that and I love that feeling. And when And when my homie, Travis from Uber, and when my homie, Chris Saka, becomes the best VC and goes on Shark Tank and they beat me, I'm the most pumped for them. They deserve it. And then I say, but it's not over yet. (laughs) And that's who I am. You know, here's how you keep, keep culture. When Kristen in the office is upset about something and I'm on my way from Connecticut into New York to do a new business pitch, potentially worth $5 million, and I detour and skip that pitch, to go and talk out with her that issue, that's how you maintain culture. Guys, life's very simple. There's, there's the things you wish you were doing, there's the things you're saying that you're doing, and then there's the things that you actually do. The way you maintain culture is the same answer as the question prior to this. You do it in your actions. I don't meet with every single employee that works for me for 10 minutes, three months in, to check the box and seem like a personal CEO. I do it because in those 10 minutes, I wanna create some sort of connection that makes them feel comfortable to say hi to me in the elevator or to like come with a problem to me. I do it because I ask them where their hometown is so I can make a joke about the Cleveland Indians in the elevator to show them that I was paying attention. I do it because I wanna know 
if they are, have siblings, how they roll, what interest are they in, because if I want to surprise and delight them because they're crushing it, that I can get them Coachella tickets, right? I do it because it has purpose. And so I maintain culture very simply. Dictatorship, my actions, and the number one and two other options are meritocracy, letting talent speak for itself, and then finally firing the most talented people if they're not willing to care about their teammates more than them thinking they're fancy. And you know, my ego is so big that I don't think I need anybody that works for my company. And so thus they're all expendable if they're not willing to treat each other with respect and love. I, I stand in front of those 500 or so 25 year olds and I'm like, I'm the best at social media in this office, right? And I mean it. I, and, and that's because I use it more than they do. I mean, they're using it to hook up. I'm trying to sell shit. <laughs> And I mean that, I think what's interesting about that is where I got really lucky with VaynerMedia, I don't know how you feel about your agency, but what happened for me is I don't care about the creative, it's subjective. I don't care about the awards, I don't wanna win a can lion. I wanna sell stuff. And at some level, somewhere within the organization, eventually, somebody cares about that too. You know, we don't win business sometimes because they care about their job and they don't wanna do social over TV, respect. We, you know, some people are worried that I'm too busy doing other things and not respect. You can think anything, but at the end of the day, Again, back to the other two things. Results are results are results. We take over Sour Patch Kids as a client and they become the fastest growing candy in the category. That's real. There's no debating. Whether you, you didn't like that I cursed along the way or that we did some weird new things, mazel tov. But the fact of the matter is, the results are results. And so that's what I live on. I know what our intent is. We're not worried about our profit margin mainly because we think we're gonna get it all in the end of the day, you know, making 8% margin on 400 million is a hell of a lot more interesting than making 20% on 30 million. And so I'm playing the long game, I always have. It's why a lot of you have good relationships with me. I see you at different places. I know who you are, I care, I interact with you. Like, life is simple. Like, (laughs) the truth wins. You may be confused because times are tough in the media and there's always issues in this country and we got flaws and all that stuff. You're more than welcome to look at the pessimistic aspects of society and life. I choose to, in my 80, 90 years, hopefully on earth, to understand that I got to be a human being, which if you want to talk about big data and math, the rarity of actually becoming a person is insane. And just way too many people don't understand that and appreciate it, and I do, and so I'm playing the long game on all this stuff. We're pretty lucky. Pretty lucky we turned into Super lucky. And you live in America? You could have been a rhinoceros. <laughs> or like a tree, that fucking tree. 